How are you doing? How's Spain? Um, Spain's really cool. Yeah, Spanish people are very nice. So um, I know some words in Spanish, but I don't think I can make a complete sentence. And when we go out to dinner, we're kind of like uh, octopus pawn. Wow. I'll have, <laughs> I'll, I'll have the number three. Is that how it is? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like you say whatever Spanish word you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh God, I feel like an awful American, you know, that doesn't know the language that goes to some other country. And like, you don't speak English. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, Are you referred to as the American? Do the local? Oh, yeah. Group? Yeah. Okay. No, not like in Spain, but I'm with a group of UK athletes and I'm definitely the American. Like the whole, when I first met the group, I had like DM'd with this girl on Instagram that I saw a picture of her at the tracks. So I'm like, oh, she must be good. Right. And she told me to just like come out and run with her and then invited me to the group, which is the group that I'm here with. Um, and they had practice like the following day. So I went, but she actually messaged me on Instagram to let me know that she wasn't going to be at practice. So like, I wouldn't see a friendly, wow. but I know, but I did get the notification because I don't have my like notifications on. So I didn't, I didn't get it before I went to practice, but I think the coach had written to me and said that he told them that the American is coming. And I was like, I don't know who them is. But I guess I'm going to practice and I'm just going to be like, I'm the American. <laughs> Are you looking for me? <laughs> oh, wow. So right. I was kind of wandering around and I told somebody at the track, like, oh, I'm the American. And they were like, oh, yes, we heard about you. I was like, what yeah. did you hear? We heard yeah. all about, yeah, you have a reputation as the American. We heard all about you. That's why. I'm a lot less, I think I'm not very reserved for an American and then the British are like much more reserved. So I do think I fall into the token American category. And it's stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, here we go. I'm gonna knock out the intro. Uh, Jokester, the American, cooking enthusiast, world traveler, competitive athlete, runner, Ali Kiefer. There you go like that intro thank you I'm, uh, I'm happy. so how but how did you get synced up over there did you just on a whim want to go to Spain and train over there walk me through that process of how you ended up over there in Spain yeah. um so I have to back up a little bit to get to right. Spain yeah. and so it all started because I wanted to do the London Marathon last fall okay and I was running with Dark Sky an Under Armour group in Flagstaff Arizona and I've done a lot of training at altitude and I don't love marathon training at altitude. And that group doesn't have any marathoners. So it just didn't really make sense for me to stay there and train with them. So I decided I've never been to London. I've gotten injured twice trying to get to the London marathon. So oh. I'm just going to go to London and mm-hmm. train there. It would be great weather. And if I get hurt before the race, at least I made it to London. And so <laughs> which is like the hardest the hardest part, right? Is getting there. But oh yeah, getting there healthy. And I didn't. I got really sick when I first landed in London. Wow. And uh, yeah, I missed like a month of training. So I didn't end up doing the London Marathon, but I did end up joining a group in London. And so then we were all gonna do a marathon, um, Sevilla in Spain. And so they were gonna do the lead up. Of like a month of training in Spain to, to get out of the UK winter basically and like um so I, it was like I will definitely go with you guys there and then 
the like um, U.S. system got a little bit changed. Usually we have our national championships in June, but because of the world championships are so early, they're in July this year instead of like August, September, October when they usually are. Uh, so the 10K is now in May. So it was like, I'm not going to do a Seville. Like I won't be able to do a marathon at the end of February and get back for I have to qualify for the national championships before May. So like, it just didn't give me enough time. So, um, so yeah, anyway, that's how I ended up here, but now I I'm, I'm basically marathon training for a marathon that I'm not going to do. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so can you, walk, do you want to talk about your two injuries and how you got back to being healthy? My two injuries, which yeah. ones? Well, you said when you were training for the London Marathon, you had two injuries. No, I got sick. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got, I got some like weird, mysterious disease that I didn't know what it was. I ended up in the hospital oh, and wow. they're basically like, you're not going to die, just go home. And I was like, I'm going to be in this effing Airbnb. Like, this is the end of it. Wow. I die here <laughs> alone <laughs> in London. I finally De- made De- it. The destination end. <laughs> Wow. That's insane. All right. Wow. Okay. So I need, I want to get this out because uh, surprising to me is that I genuinely thought that you were a Texan Austin native, but come to find out you're not. So walk me through where you're born and raised and your background. So I'm from Long Island, New York. Mm. And I'm proud of being a New Yorker, but I also really like Austin. So I'm like really excited that you said I was from Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I grew up on Long Island and there's really not much going on other than during the summer when you can go to the beach. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom still lives there. My dad lives in Alabama now. So my sister was killed in a car accident a long time ago. And um, I think my family's like always not been very close. Like, I have a good relationship with my parents, but it's not the warm, loving family that's like, come home and we'll make you cookies. They're like, go do something with your life and be successful and make us proud. And it's that's great because that's part of the reason why I'm where I'm at. But it's also a little bit lonely, I think, because you keep searching to achieve something. And that's where I've like thought a lot of my self-worth came from. And I guess this is a way deeper answer than you really asked no, for. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, so I bounced around a lot trying to figure out like what my place is and where I kind of thrive in. And Austin has been amazing to me. I love it there. I love the people, love the city. So that's, I would like to make that my home. So where, where did you bounce around from uh, when you left Long Island? So I went to college in North Carolina and then grad school in Arizona. And then I moved to Colorado and then I moved back to New York City and then I went to Pennsylvania and then Buffalo and then back to Colorado. Yeah. There's I, for like 18 months, I Airbnb to place every, like a new place every month. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I, yeah. You were, as you were listing out these places that you've been to, I like lost track. I like, I legit lost count of how many different places do you know off the top of the top of your head? Can you count how many different places, even if you went back to a place, how often you moved in since you left Long Island? Oh my God. I have no idea. It's a lot. I mean, it depends what you call move to, because I did like a month in Bend and then 
a month um, in Mammoth Lakes. And I did a lot of that, like a, month, a few months in Flag and then like seven weeks in Kenya. Like I've just kind of, the three months this past su summer in London. So I do, I think I like the sun and I would like to chase summer. So it's part of the reason why like I'm constantly moving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's been you know, like move, move. Cause I was going to ask you, what do you like most about that nomadic lifestyle? I wouldn't even say that I really like it. Okay. Uh, I like the, I have freedom. Like I feel like my family not being like a grounding emphasis in my life gives me like, wings that the, the, that's the negative is that we're not, there's no grounding there, but the positive is that I can go wherever I want and no one ever makes me feel like bad about it or, you know, ask me to come home. And so, uh, I just kind of like lean towards, I'm going to make the most of this then I'm mm -hmm. single. I have a flexible job. So I can do something really cool. And then I, I also think like, well, I, I meet people sometimes like some guys and they're like, wait, but where do you live? Like hmm. you live in Boston, you live in London, like you're going to Spain though. <laughs> they're just very confused. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to forever be single if I keep doing this. Wow. <laughs> or you just got to find someone that's going to travel with you, which honestly isn't all that bad. Like that's so fun. Yeah. I think it's a, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it is though. Right. Like mm. the, the trainings, like a couple hours in the morning, a little relaxed time in the middle of the day, you go to the gym, do a double eat dinner, do a podcast, right? Like it's not a lot of time actually to, um, spend or enjoy with someone. So I think they have to have something else that they're really passionate about that they can bring on the road. And for whatever reason, I just haven't found that person yet. Know if that person's really rare or I'm just in the wrong circles, but it seems to have not found me yet. Right, right. Wow. I mean, that that's interesting that you say that. I've had a similar mentality, but I just I haven't bounced around as much. But I it's interesting because you talk about your background. Uh that's kind of that's really relatable to to myself. I have a relatively small family. Um, so like we're tight knit, super, super, super tight knit. Um, but with that, like my family and my support system and those in my corner, there have always been like, go, like leave, like get out, go do something, do it great, like do a great job at it, pursue your passions, fill in the blank, like just has been, been very supportive in that way. And so um, like I grew up in Texas, I grew up in Houston, my family is now in Florida. So I travel often mostly to go see them. I go back to Texas or I go back to Florida more often, interesting enough, probably more often than I'm in New York. Um, people here in New York will joke, joke about it with me is like, they don't know where I'm at, but less international. I'm not in Spain, but I am like in, in the US or I'm traveling for the holidays or I'll bunker down for the winter in Florida, all of these things. So I, I'm very nomadic in the sense that I love to travel. I love to explore and go on adventures. And if I have any excuse to get up and go, I'm out. Um, yeah. yeah. So my, my family, my family has always been like, go like always at a distance in my support system, but like they're very, very tight knit family. So that I can relate to a lot. And even I mentioned, I live in New York now. Um, I went to school out of state. Uh, you know, like kind of been on my own since I was 18. Like, that's how it is. And like, that's just, um, and my, all of my family and friends are back in Texas and Florida. Um, but yeah, I get it. So walk me through your, 
not only with traveling, but you mentioned like how difficult, like it's not always the glamorous part of it. So walk me through the difficulties in your day-to-day with traveling, new places, training, running, your time, even your job. How do you manage and like what are the difficult the difficulties in your day-to-day? Of like trying to be a professional athlete? Or a professional athlete, but like tell me how you manage your time. Like when you wake up and like just tell me what your day is like and like how you manage your time and your thought process and traveling and just everything and anything in between. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I'm not really a routine person, but I, I do like, I just don't, I, I feel like I, when anyone is in a routine, I'm like, God, in 10 years, you're just going to be like, I do the same thing every day. And I, I would die if I looked back and that was my life. Mm-hmm. But I do have things that like, I wake up really early. I just am not a person that can sleep in. So I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning and I didn't, I don't really run into like 8 or 8.30. Like I'm kind of a slow morning person. Like I like to get up early, but like, don't hurry me out the door. So I tend to um, respond to a lot of emails in the morning because like I coach people online. And so when people in the, a lot of people are in the US that they coach. And so when they're in, in the evening, like doing their runs, it's when I'm sleeping in Spain because I'm six hours ahead of New York time. So, uh, so yeah, I like write back to people kind of in the morning and then you have my breakfast and then go for my run and, and kind of know that like, I haven't done work, right? I just responded to things, but like waiting on me to get something, which I think is a little bit stress relieving. Um, so then, well, we've been like today, I had a workout yesterday. We drove to a trail to run and anytime like you're part of a group, things just take longer than they should, right? Like we ran 15K yesterday, but I swear it was like a two and a half hour process. We got back at 11 and I think I left it. In the morning or at night? In the morning. So I got back at 11, but I left my house at like 8.20 a.m. And then I was supposed to run with a girl and, and for an afternoon run. And when we were driving back, she's like, so 3 p.m. I'm like, dang, I mean, you gotta eat lunch and then shower. It's like, you're just like, go back out the door. <laughs> so I did meet her. And so I kind of like in the middle of the day, I mean, I, sometimes I would love to nap every day, but I, I think I have a mind that's hard to shut off. So okay. I just like close my window, turn off my lights and like have quiet time. Even if that means like, I'm again, like responding or doing a little computer work. It's just like, no one's interrupting me. It's my own time. It's relaxing. And if I'm tired, I don't, I don't also don't have to do it. Um, and then I usually go for my double or the gym or like a combination of both of those. I've been, been kind of doing both. Uh, the, t- the group here, a lot of people don't run as much as me. So everyone goes to the gym. And I think the effect they've had on me is like making me think I should go to the gym more often. And it's been great because I, I've, I've I put in like an upper body day because we do a lot of workouts. So you can't, I don't like to do a leg lift day bef- the day before a workout, but now I've been doing a lot of upper body. And I feel like my posture's always been a little hunched over and it's getting a lot better. So I'm excited to see where this goes because it's more efficient. Even when I'm running, like I feel like I'm dropping my arms a little bit and usually mm-hmm. I, my shoulders are up by my ears. So 
Um, so yeah, then like, you know, they'll, there are two days a week where I don't do a second run. And so those days I kind of, I do more of like coaching work because I I have a a job that I need to do too. So, um, yeah, making people's schedules. I just plan that on the days that I don't have to get out the door for a second one. Got it. Okay. A lot to unwrap there. I have a ton of questions. I think what what's funny, similar to you, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day, but I don't run until... Like on your own or do you set an alarm? Uh, at this point, it's a habit. I could like wake up on my own, but I've, uh, I always set an alarm just in case, but I mosey along out of bed and I'm slow in the morning, but it's not, it's not for the lack of motivation to get out the door it's similar to you as i utilize the two to three hours before i run to answer emails get work done i have my puppy i'll take shade out um and i like get ready for the day so it takes me a couple hours to get out of bed because i'm kind of just working i'm already i start work the second i get up um and so it's slow it's a slow process to get out the door but then also i think maybe we share that mentality is like going out for a run, you can go out and knock out a workout. You can just do that, like, especially by yourself, you can go and knock it out. So I always know that. um, I mean, I follow somewhat of a routine, but I, every, like, I try to break routine as much as I can. I mean, it could be simple, like one running at 9am one day and 7am the next day or a lunch run with the puppy the day after small things like that. I'll try to change um, because I I don't like to get stuck in a routine. Having a routine for stability is nice, but I don't like to get feel stuck. Like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, That being said, wake up at 5am and then (laughs) I go out, I kind of get some work done, you know, feed, take out shade. Um, and answer emails and whatnot. And then I go out for my run. Um, and then my day is a lot of projects, meetings. Um, and that always changes. There's no consistency. And after I, when I get back from a run, but um, yeah. I think that um, for me, the like reason I don't, I don't like being told like when I can eat or when mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be sleeping or having downtime. Mm-hmm. But then the problem with the no routine is like, we had this set up. And I got home from the gym like a little bit ago. I'm like, well, I'm starving now, <laughs> but I have no schedule for when I eat either. So I think that it is a little disruptive sometimes when like, dang, I did a horrible planning job on this. Yep. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I bought one. I'm sorry. But also two, I haven't eaten yet either today. And yeah. I'm, star- <laughs> I'm starving. Um, do you, do you run on an empty stomach or do you eat like breakfast or something before your morning workout? And I usually eat, but there are some times like in Austin in particular, sometimes I don't because we go really early. So especially as it gets warmer, we run at like 530 in the morning and it's so close to dinner almost that I'm like, I don't want to eat. Um, and then sometimes like, I remember there's one day here I didn't have breakfast and I was getting like kind of cranky on the run and like, I just want a big American breakfast. Like, I don't want two medium-sized meals. I want bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> so I made a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Oh, and it was man. so worth being cranky for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Uh, so Austin, do you like to loop Ladybird? Do you do that often or no? Yeah, like all the time. Okay. All about yeah. that. I was going to say, but like, I think, I don't think I've done any other routes outside of that. Maybe kind of going downtown and 
some of the neighborhoods, but that's really it. I think like Ladybird is the, the best loop to do. Well, next time you come, holler because I'll take you to my favorite. Okay. Mount Bennett. It's hilly, but you get to overlook the lake. It's nice. like the high. It's really cool. Dope. Definitely will let, like hit you up. Um, all right. So well, what I was gonna say is it's impossible for me to nap during the day. Impossible. So like I don't. I think it's it's a probably a combination of quieting my mind, but also like want my body. Like once this like that's another reason why I wake up at five a.m. I'm up before the sun is up, and so once I know the sun is up, it's impossible for me to nap or kind of like I can't, I can't sleep during the day. And I think it's like my body and my internal clock telling me that like you can't and so I can't go to sleep until it's time for bed like at night which is so interesting I think, yeah I think that's just like your mind telling yourself that's why I feel like mm. I don't think there's an actual thing that you can't because your body I think it's mm -hmm. your mind yeah that's wild though right like the power of the mind I, I can't go to sleep I can't nap it during the day you, you have the power to change it if you want to that's true that's very true like what I found is eventually, like sometimes I can nap, but that's my body is being so exhausted that then it trumps my mind. And it's just like, okay, you need to crash and I'll end up napping. I don't know, like once a month or once every two months because I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, right, I want to ask you what, so you mentioned coaching. I want to dive into your job and you as a coach, but with you first, how is your how do you go about your training program? Do you have a coach? How do you go about working out with different groups? Um, walk me through that, uh, like that process. Yeah. So I'm coached by this training group's coach. So for the most part, we're together today. I actually did a workout alone just because they're doing a marathon, um, in like three weeks and I'm not. So they just did a lighter workout today that I did. Um, but yeah, I have a coach, but I've gone to like groups before and tried to like do my own training with them kind of, or um, like hop into more of their training and just kind of do what their coach says. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so there's a risk there, but uh, I kind of think of everything as just like a learning experience. Like uh, last year at this time I was in Flagstaff and I just went with the coach that was there and had a lot of fun training with them. And it was a lot, like I got quick and I was doing a lot faster times in practice than I really had done before. Like when I was running really well with Brad Hudson, but it didn't pan out in the races. And so now I feel like I'm actually quicker, but I've added back in the endurance element and like that, the, the time I spent with that group working on speed has like helped me, but it's just the long game of like getting into a, a better place. So I try not to think of everything as like, oh, I didn't get my goal today. I'm, I'm a failure. I suck. It's just like, all right, how do we correct or use this to our advantage later? So with, with coaching specifically, you have, you're using, or like your coaches, the coach you're with right now, I'm curious, like when you travel or as often as like you kind of move around a bit and run with different groups as well as running by yourself, does working with a coach also differ depending on where you're at? Or do you kind of use like a universal coach or online coach or someone that you know is stationary and like you can go to them for training? So when I went to London last summer, I didn't have a coach. 
And I joined, I basically just like started showing up with this group that I randomly messaged on Instagram, one of the girls. And like, they just seemed like they were doing, they seemed like they're doing honestly like crazy Kenyan workouts. And so they did a lot of running, a lot of training. And I was like, I don't know that most people have full-time jobs, their families. And I don't know how anyone recovers in this group, but I think I would excel here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of stumbled upon them. And then I trained with them for like five or six weeks. And the coach was like, okay, I'm ready to coach you. He was like, I thought you've been coaching me for five or six weeks. So clearly already in, like, you don't have to sell me on you being the coach. And um, I, I did go back to the US after that, like, you know, six weeks after we started, but like really one week after he agreed to coach me. And um, I did, I ran with other people when I was there. So we tweak some things or he'll give me a schedule. And sometimes I'd be like, hey, sorry, I did this. It's sort of similar, or maybe it's like completely different, but like I try to stick to it as best as I can. And then there are days when I'm alone and, and I have a friend in Austin who's a 1500 meter runner. She went to the Olympic trials, Sarah Lancaster, and she also qualified in the 5k, but she's very quick. Like me as a marathoner cannot keep up with Sarah in a 400 meter. Like it's so <laughs> funny, but it is so much fun to be a part of like what she's doing. So I did tweak some stuff and just go with Sarah or we did two by 5k one day and I was supposed to have four by 5k. And so I tried to carry on after she left and we went way too fast. So like it was a, a regression run, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just tried to do the best I can. I mean, mm. it's not perfect. And it's way better when I'm with the coach, any coach I've ever had, it's better when we're in person. And when Brad Hudson was coaching me, I went to Kenya and he was giving me all the workouts, but he wasn't there. And I got injured at the end of it. And like, I do think there's just more opportunity for things to go wrong when someone can't see you. And so I do the best I can to communicate, but a, a really good coach can see when your form's off or you look tired and you have to make that decision for yourself. And sometimes I feel like, am I just being a weenie? Like, I know I've run a lot of miles. I do a lot of workouts, but I have gotten into a place in the past where I've just dropped out of things and that started in practice. So I try not to drop out of it and practice anymore, but like sometimes your coach will cut you because you're falling off the pace and you look awful and you're not helping yourself, but you have to kind of like know how to do that for yourself on your own when the, you're not with your coach. So, so it, it's just definitely trickier. So I, I will be spending a lot more time in London to be fair in the cool. future nice yeah. i mean what it sounds like too though is i think it sounds like you like to be in charge of your training process like because you understand you best and what it sounds like is like like you and then you tweak your workouts a little bit you don't get discouraged when you fall short of a workout you know you look you use it it sounds like you're very independently trained even if you're still working with other groups and and coaches yeah, I think that's to a fault though, because like, I think I know what I need. And mm. if I knew what I needed, then I'd be a world record holder. Like I'd just be the best ever. So um, I, I like joined the group and I'm being coached by this coach because I think he knows more than I do. So I should also listen to it. But um, yeah, I probably, I would say my friends in Austin probably think I tweak too much. Mm. <laughs> oh man. When, when are you going, going back to Austin? 
Oh, for like four days in March. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was wow. like, hey, friends, we're coming home for four days. Want to hang out? But why? So you, but you're going to be, so you're going to be out like in Europe up until March and then what, back to the States and then you're on the road again? Yeah. So basically what happened was that the, like what I told you in the beginning about the marathon, I was going to do the marathon and then decided not to do the marathon because our marathon team has already been selected for the world championships. So I kind of gained nothing by like doing that. And then I've, been training with the group here for two and a half weeks and we the first long run was just an easy one so who knows how well that or bad you know it was just normal and the second one we ran 25 miles and like 18 were faster than any marathon I've run and so like I'm in great fucking shape (laughs) I should do a marathon (laughs) and um they were trying to get me to do the one they're doing but I, I think I'm just good at the marathon I think I'm like I'm a good marathon, like that's my body is best at. And so I just kind of thought like, I still want to do this 10K because I want to make the national championships again. And maybe I could do that while I did a marathon buildup. So I'm hoping to get into an April marathon, like Rotterdam or Paris, and then do this um, 10K in the beginning of March. So after the 10K, I'll come back to the UK and be with my coach like the last month but also after I leave Spain in the beginning of February and I'm going to London so I'm going Spain London U.S. for four days and back to London that's insane that's crazy but like why and how did you block off just a four-day trip yeah like you you lose like a day or two days just by traveling yeah no no it's I'm only I'm, I'm flying to L.A. Mm. and I'm going to spend like five days there before the race basically like to get used to the time change and stuff and then after I'm just going back to Austin because I I'll have a few days to like you know you can't come off a race and just like bang out a next workout so I have a little bit of time I feel like to even if I tweak the workout like what's one out of 50 so that'd be fine but then I I do I think you know, I love my friends in, in Austin and I think I almost have like too much feminine in there. Mm. And so it's been really good to be at a training camp because then I'm on it instead mm. of like being on the prowl with my girls. So it's on the prowl. better for wow. training. You know, I think I heard a little bit of a Texan accent come out when you said that too. <laughs> That's insane. There's, you're from Long Island. Chill. What are you talking about? I don't want a Long Island wow. accent that's hilarious all right man that's so cool though that's so much fun to travel that often man I mean well I'm looking at it from like I've been I travel a little bit and so like I have that bug but I'm still relatively stationary in in comparison I want to dive into um your history as a runner and how you got into marathon specifically but first since we're on the topic of training and coaching how did how did you get into you becoming a coach and like, how, how are you now with that as your day job? And what do you like most about coaching? Yeah. So I like retired from running in 2013 and then I'm in New York city and became a nanny and I was working for this family and they're really rich. I was making a lot of money and, but not working that much, like 25 hours a week. And was making 95000 a year, which is crazy. Wow, okay. 
I'm in the wrong well, field. You know what I mean? I'm in the, uh, I need to reevaluate my next five year, 10 year plan. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I actually, I love kids and I loved those kids and I really like the parents too, but they, it was almost one of those situations where like more money is just causing more problems. So for them, and then that was, that's the people you're around all the time. And like, wasn't good for me either. So, um, but I had a lot of free time. So it was like, I have no friends, but I have free time. And I'm just, I guess I'm going to use running as a hobby and like get back into it. And so I started running more and more. And then I won a race and this guy reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you do any coaching? I'm like, you know, I can use a training partner. So yeah, I'll coach you and I'll run with you once a week. And then I just kind of got more and more clients. And so I'd run with like each of them once a week. So I could only take on, you know, so many people. Um, and, but the original guy got, he was getting really good and he was training for marathons and it got to the point where I like, couldn't really push him anymore. So I started training a bit harder. I started running with Sarah Cummings. Um, and he ended up running a 239 marathon and ever like, yeah, so it was, that's how I guess I got into it. And then I lost I lost my sponsor after the Olympic trials in 2020 because I had to get top six or my contract was up and they didn't want to renew and um I was like okay well I know that I want to collegiately coach when I'm done with my running career so I'll just try to like get athletes now and and get more experience right like learn from other people and so uh it's it's been really fun. You know, it's different in person than online. And I, I knew I liked it in person, but it's also different, like running the workouts with people. And so I'm starting to learn like, who's a good fit for me and who I'm a good fit for. And, and, uh, I, I, I like this, like I, my undergraduate is in psychology. And so, you know, I have people that have all different ability levels and, different investment levels and different like mental states. And I, I think I actually really like the people who like struggle with something mentally too, right? Like they don't think they're able to achieve the workout or they have a goal, but they're like, I won't be able to do it. It's been fun to like start being a positive influence to those people and see how they change just the way they like write comments after their runs. Like, oh, I fell off the pace, but I, I believed in myself you know, and I'm like, okay, step one, you know, it's, it's been really, really cool to connect with people. And we do zoom calls once a month and, um, and just help someone really like go after their own goals and be part of something bigger than myself, because I've been running like almost two decades pretty seriously. And I feel like I've learned so much and I've, I've had a lot of lows, I feel like too. So, um, I feel like I can relate to the like roller coaster road, like ride that we all go on. It's, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure Shalene Flanagan isn't a robot, but that's how I perceive her. And I feel like people don't perceive me that way. And that's probably because I share a lot more of like the lows on my Instagram account, but um, I enjoy like connecting with people over that we are all so similar and we all want the same things. Like who doesn't want after a workout to be like your, their coach to say, you did great. Like that's all I want is validation afterwards. You know, it's like, and um, I have one guy who's getting older and he's like, I'm, 
I am not ever going to run faster again. And it's true. He's not going to run faster, but that's not the only reason to run. And that's not the only reason I'm going to be running. And I, I retired and I came back to it thinking I'm never going to be, get better, but this actually makes me a like happier person. So I just feel like it's the connection with people that I like the most, but I do, I'm a, like a training geek. So I'd geek out on my own training. I've done all my own training. Um, like I have a whole spreadsheet that I send to my coach. He's like, you're crazy. Just do my plan. Stop being crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. No, that, that's, that's really cool. No, it's, it sounds like you're passionate about it too, which, uh, is awesome. Like not many people, I mean, I, I think similar, probably similar to you is like, you, you're doing what you're passionate about, you know, like you're doing what you love to do, what you're interested in. I think, you know, not a lot of people have that opportunity. Uh, like for myself, I love being a creator, a content creator and photographer and freelance work. And um, I'm very fortunate that my passions and interests carry over into my professional life. My personal life and professional life are, are very much merged. So I'm able to do the things that I love doing. And it's le- it feels like less work because I'm just doing what I'm passionate about. Yeah, I mean, it's very true, but I think we also created it. And I would say mine, I probably wouldn't have done myself. Like I probably wouldn't have gotten back into the coaching if I hadn't dropped. And so that was like such a blessing in disguise. Like um, I went on a run with a bunch of pros the like Bowerman Track Club and Under Armour group when I was in Flagstaff. And one of the girls asked like, what was the best thing that happened to you this year? And it was, this was the end of 2020. And I was like, or yeah. I, I, was, I know the year, man, I don't know time right now. Like I, <laughs> I like go back. I don't even know like it's Thursday. I don't even know what date it is. Like, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. My concept of time is all out of whack for, it's been like that for a while. I think it was actually January of 21, but she was asking what happened last year. Like what was the best part about it? And I was like getting dropped because it made me, there's nothing wrong with the the group, the company that dropped me. It's just like, it made me add the things in that I really enjoy doing. And I wasn't, I was just going to continue being a sponsored athlete that I wasn't really fulfilled in. And now I do feel really fulfilled. And like, I do a lot of gratitude posts about my clients because I, I really do love them. Like it's the, and, and yeah, I feel like you very grateful that I get to live this life. And I I do feel like we've created it, but also grateful that we had the opportunity to do that because not everyone's doesn't have that possible. Yeah you know what's crazy is like is how you fall into things like you're saying like getting dropped was probably a, is a blessing in disguise and ultimately ended up being one of the best things for you you know what I mean so like it's crazy how things fall into place even though at sometimes they don't feel it feels less than you feel less than optimistic about what's next you know it's just wild how things kind of everything works out the way that exactly the way that it's supposed to I think as long as you have a good mindset about it mm, yeah because you, your mindset changes everything the way you interpret it, right? Mm-hmm. I could have yeah. like gone down a very dark path because I did also feel like a failure for getting dropped. And I know like when I was first on the circuit after college, like everybody wanted to get a kit because that was like, they're legit then. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, I get to wear whatever the fuck I want. This is great. I want to wear red today. I want to wear pink. Like, what do I want to do? What makes me feel good about me? Um, and so, yeah, it's not always easy to have that mindset, but like once 
you start working on it, life is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no mindset, like you don't always control what happens to you. You can control how you react to what happens to you. And so that is always top of mind for me. I very much look at everything with a positive lens. And then that affects my day. Like, you know, think positive, be positive. You're going to live a positive life. Okay. So I used to think that too. And then I read this book, it takes what it takes. And it's Mm -hmm. all about the neutral mindset. And it was kind of like groundbreaking for me because, okay, let's say I'm trying to run like a 70 second quarter. And so if I would come through the 200 in 37 seconds, I used to be like, well, now I'm fucked. Can't do it. Right. I'm 33, but I'm just like, now it's like, yeah, I just need a 33. Like you just like start thinking about what, what you need to get there. There's nothing else. There's no emotion involved in it. There's no like, um, yeah, it is really cool. I guess the guy just came out with another book. He also died of cancer recently. So he must've finished the book. But anyway, that was a, a turn for the worse. No, <laughs> no that, that, the, the neutral mindset, I definitely, is, it is valuable. It's interesting. Like, so I, I just talked about a lot about being positive. The way that I receive information or the things that happen, how I receive it is very neutral. It's like mm-hmm. almost like the, it is what it is mentality. Like this just happened. Now what? And so part of the part of the response, I receive the information, but part of the response is a positive outlook. How I receive it is very neutral. This thing just happened. What are you going to do about it? And then my response to that question is think positive, do something productive, do something proactive, do something that you can switch this in a positive way. That's I think is where I, where I come from. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. So even like with the workout, it's like, okay, 37, 33, I know what I have to run now. Or, you know, like you can receive it in a neutral way. And this is what I have to do, do this. And like that, that's, yeah. Right. Um, okay. So I want to talk about your decision to retire in 2013. Um, and then if we can dive that or dive into your history as a runner and growing up, how'd you get into the sport? How'd you, what did you run? How competitive were you in high school into college? And then later, and then your decision to retire in 2013. Okay, so I'm, where am I starting? You can start, let's start from the beginning and then we'll timeline it up to 2013. So how did you get into running? So my sister was seen by the crossing guard as being very fast and told my mom to sign her up for like this track team on -hmm. Long Island. And uh, my parents just needed someone for me to be at the same time. My sister was, I think, in fourth grade and I was in kindergarten. So I was six years old at most. And my mom, like, convinced the coach to let me be in the group, too, as the youngest person ever. Because who lets a six-year-old go running around? (laughs) It's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, so I, I, my whole life just wanted to be like my sister, I guess. Uh, Then we only did that that club for a year. I think it was just a pain for my parents to get us to. And then my sister ran track in high school and I was four years younger. So I was in middle school and I was like, Oh, I'll just run track. Um, and I, I was pretty good. And so I moved in middle school up to the high school team. Wow. And yeah. Wait, and wait, so you were, sorry, you're in middle school running for the high school team. Yeah. Got it. Wow. And 
I wanted to just like, I think I just wanted to run with my sister. Like, this is cool. Like I'm going to be my uh, sister's team. Mm-hmm. But she was the captain and she did not think this was very cool. But she didn't, she didn't, wasn't very invested in running. So she would like, she was very excited to come pick me up and miss part of practice for coming to pick me up. Or she went to some of the races high and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, not in middle school, but by high school, I was waking up before school to go running. And so I was like, I was really committed. Um, And I don't know why, but I also knew that something with my family seemed off and I had a best friend that lived across the street and something with both of our families seemed off. And you know, when you're young and it's supposed to be like, you just think your family's normal. So I didn't really understand like, oh, you know, there are issues here. I just like running away from something subconsciously. And luckily I had a, a best friend and I'm, she and I moved to Austin together. So um, we are still best friends and like just went through a lot of like family things and and used running in a good way throughout. And yeah, so it's, so then um, I got a scholarship to Wake Forest so I went and I, I really wanted to go to Wake Forest. Like I, well, wait, I want to, I, I want to ask before we go into college, I want to ask, so how was it running with your sister though? Like what is, are you very competitive with her? No, I wanted to just like, I was excited to run with her and she, <laughs> she knew that I was going to be better than her. So she didn't like that. And she didn't want to like be with her little sister. Mm, yeah. That sibling, that's such a sibling relationship, especially with athletes, you know, like when two siblings are going kind of not maybe competing against each other, but it is the older sibling, younger sibling relationship is, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was a little sad because she would like, like run away from me or like Mm. try to get lost on runs and just stupid things like I'm in middle school I just don't know where we're supposed to go oh man yeah I think from her perspective it felt a little embarrassing that this Mm. like little middle schooler that has the same last name is going to beat her in races that's fair yeah that's fair yeah it's it's really interesting especially like when you grow up playing the same sport and you can see that kind of see the different skill sets in the siblings right that's it's always an interesting relationship to add onto the the sibling the family aspect of it um all right so I was just curious about that um so what now go into actually what did you run in high school well I went to Foot Locker so it was like only 32 people then okay and so I I did well in cross country I ran the, the 1500 or the mile so indoors, I there are like two national championships, so there were, and I got, I got second at one of them. I ran four fifty three indoors. It was the worst national championship, to be fair, though. Um, you know, it's silly they have two, but then, um, yeah, I ran like four thirty two in the fifteen. See, so now I'm curious about the one one mile fifteen hundred all the way to now you being a marathoner um okay but let's go on to college let's go on to college now okay so I I went to Wake Forest and I did not run to my potential ever but I had some seasons that were better than others I just think that the training the coach gave us 
wasn't the best training for me. Like that's not how I excel, but other people did well. Like she wasn't a bad coach. It just wasn't good. You know, there's a lot of different ways to train. So, um, and the problem was that there are a lot of eating disorders and she was very much wanting us to like have eating disorders. And so it was just a toxic kind of environment with really great people. Like I'm still pretty good friends. And I lived with one of them in New York with people that I went to college with. So um, yeah, the team was great. It was just like a rough experience. I think, it, I think she felt like, and I think this is a lot of coaches in college, there's not a ton of stability in the job. So then every year your team has to perform so you can keep your job. And it's a lot of pressure on an 18, 19 year old kid that like, we're supposed to be student athletes and it just gets very confusing um, how to make it all work. And I don't even think I'm a people pleaser, but I don't like when people are upset with me or like think I'm not trying. And her, her husband at one point told me that I wasn't with a scholarship. So wow. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just like, it was, it was up and down. Um, I got a lot of injuries and then I went to Arizona state for grad school and I did a lot better in cross country. And, um, I was like top 50 at NCAAs and cross, which is good. I mean, it's not, it's not like going to get you sponsored by a shoe company, but it was good. And so I had actually, my parents had saved money for college for my sister and I both. And I got a scholarship, so I didn't need that college fund. So I used that to like run after school. Like I didn't get a job. I was, like, was going to say, is that when you just started traveling the world? You're like, oh, that's cool. I have all this, uh, I have, all, I have no. like this tuition money that I'm, I got a scholarship. <laughs> now I can travel the world. No, I stayed at Arizona. The One of the coaches there coached me and um, I did really well that year. I like, you know, made it, made a jump, I guess. And then I feel like I got good enough where I could go to like a pro level coach. And so that's when I joined Brad Hudson in Colorado. And then I made the national championships that year um, or the Olympic trials in 2012. So then I got injured and I got injured. My boyfriend broke up with me in like a very sad way and he was in the group. And, and I just like, I was depressed. I, I gained a bunch of weight. Like I had to take a lot of time off and I didn't think like I was ever really going to run faster. So I, I think I was in a spot that I decided I've achieved so much, like not very many people make the Olympic trials. That's so cool. And I take I shouldn't take it for granted and just keep always wanting more because I feel like that's a trap that is really easy to fall into and I just wanted to appreciate what I did do and like I've I love running I think I'll always run but I I don't think it's the only thing I need to do like I think I I think there's a lot of things that I could excel at if I put the same work ethic or you know passion into them and so I think I've always been one of those people that's doesn't, I don't need the sport to make me happy. Um, it was okay to like walk away from it. 
And then I went to New York City and worked as a nanny. I was like, I, I'm just missing um, the the family piece. And so I was using the job to like put that, like put make it feel like I had a family. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like be a, to be a part of something maybe, right? Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, you're working in someone's house, like yeah, you I mean, are a part of the family. Yeah. It's crazy. And in, in such a beautiful way, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, and I, so I worked for two different families in New York and just really loved the kids and the job, to be honest. I was so, it was so much fun. I always thought like I would have my own family and it was just practicing with someone else's kids. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> um, so then I, I, I started dating a guy that I actually dated in college. We ran into each other in Paris because I got like okay. this family that I worked for. This, this sounds like the plot to a rom-com. <laughs> yeah. you know? we, we used to know each other in college and now we just happen to meet each other in Paris. That's it. The, the book is written, the rom-com right there. Wow. It should have been a great ending, okay. but it was not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the family I worked for, the second family, the mom was Swedish. And so they would go back to Sweden for two months out of the year. So I get paid for to not work for two months. So I would just like rent my apartment on Airbnb and go stay at a hostel and whatever, go wherever I wanted to go. And so I happened to be in Paris and this this ex like posted pictures or something in Paris and I liked one of them. So he messaged me and was like, Hey, I'm actually here. Like, let's meet up. And then we ended up like dating again. And, um, I moved in with him. We, we both quit our jobs and we took a two month vacation and then we moved in together and then we dated for a while and broke up. (laughs) And so in that time, I, I started training for the New York city marathon. And that's when I got fifth and yeah. And that's then so I think cool. that's like, so cool. I think like, obviously I've always liked to travel, right. We like met again in Paris, but I had the opportunity at that point to kind of like spread my wings again because I had money from New York and like I was sponsored by Wazelle and things were just kind of rolling for me. And I, I think that was hard in a relationship. And so, um, so yeah, then I got back with Brad Hudson and not back in a relationship way, just as a coach. <laughs> and um, I moved out to Colorado and trained again for New York City. And then I just kept getting hurt every spring. So I would make it to New York City, but like miss the London Marathon or whatever I wanted to do in the spring. And I, um, and that's when I moved to Austin and brad and i like parted ways as coach athlete and um i've like hopped around with a lot of different coaches and a lot of different groups since then i'm just kind of feeling out what works and and like what brings me happiness because i'm not sponsored anymore so i don't have to do anything for anyone else i get to do this all for myself and like what brings me joy so i've just been answering that as it comes that's a great place to be though it's a very liberating feeling when you're doing it for yourself you know what i mean yes it is that's it's, awesome it, that's really it's cool yeah it's uh it's it's crazy though to hear the story we talked about this before how everything kind of falls into place 
from like what I find interesting is like your decision to retire, then moving to New York, getting this job as a nanny, having free time, getting back into running. Like, if, you know, the, to think about how like the things fall, fall into place, you know, like one thing leading to another and where you're at now, that's crazy. Um, I know. I think my favorite part though has been the people you meet along the way, right? It's like the guy that got me back into running that asked me to coach him, like I owe him a lot of money. I feel like at this point, you know, (laughs) what a good guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's cool because you meet people from like so many different backgrounds that you just never overlap with. Mm -hmm. And I, I wouldn't in any other way. And and um, I'm so happy and like fortunate to meet, have met them mm-hmm. and be friends with them. Like that guy's, I talk to him like once a week. We're good friends. Nice. That's awesome. So, all right. I, I thank you for that rundown. That's really, really, it's a really great story. That's so crazy. What do you have? I think we briefly touched on it, but I want to end here. What, what do you have going on next? What are you training for aspirations? What are you getting ready for? Like what is next for you? So I don't know if it's going to work, but this is my crazy plan is to do a 10 K in marathon training. So I'm training for, uh, hopefully a marathon in April. I'm not in any of the marathons. I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that someone gets me in. And so I'm, I'm going to try to run the world or the national standard to get to the national championships in the 10 K in early March, a marathon in early April and then try to come back after a break for the May 20th national championship. And then I think probably like after that, do some road races. I'd love to do a half and then do a fall marathon again. I'm like really jonesing to get back to marathon stuff. Um, I, I think, I think sometimes like when I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I'm like, this is so much fun. And then um, being part of this group that is our marathon training, I realized like this is really actually where I excel. And it's nice to feel like I'm good at this and this is also really fun. So like, how good can we get? Hey, fingers crossed. That sounds like a great uh, year, pretty much with racing, training. Hopefully everything goes as planned, right? That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it never That's goes awesome. as planned, but yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean, you just got to navigate the terrain, right? Like, uh, well, we're think of it as from a neutral perspective. Um, just take things as they are, and then it'll be fun. Yes, I'm really good at that. It's the other people in my life that are like, "God, why do your plans always change?" I'm like, "My mom." <laughs> I got injured. What do you want me to do? I can't run this month and take a vacation next month. I need to take the vacation now. Let's go now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Likewise. All right. Well, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck with. uh, You're done for the day, right? This this because it's six hours. So you you just did your second workout. Um. Yeah. I already ate dinner. I'm still hungry. It's seven. Yeah, oh yeah. Go eat because I definitely have to eat. So I'm gonna eat for sure right now. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your night. Stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories. <laughs> <laughs>